What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on Thursday on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Hope you're all getting through this week. The Packers are. They're back on the practice field, or were earlier this afternoon. And uh, some nice developments in the sense of getting guys back on the field. Um, most importantly, Quay Walker had his second day of practice, and Jair Alexander finally returned to practice after suffering that shoulder injury a few weeks ago. Jair was back out in the practice field. As you'll recall, he was not out there Wednesday, but he was out there Thursday. No pads this week, so we can't really tell which day is the heavy day, but good to see Jair back out in the practice field. We'll see if he continues that trend. If he's back out there on Friday, I suspect there's a chance he plays on Sunday, though I'm still not holding out hope uh, for that to transpire. If I had to guess sitting here right now, they probably hold him out one more game and then uh, hopefully bring him back after the short week in Detroit. But that said, you know, talking about the defense, you go back and we talked about a little bit on transplants last night. I wanted to expand a little bit on Kenny Clark because I know there I've seen a lot of people talking a lot of stuff about Kenny. And I don't, you know, for a second dismiss the idea. We haven't seen the explosiveness, the uh, disruption that we're used to from Kenny Clark. I will say, you know, going back and watching, you know, the last four games or so, uh, for me, I don't think it's a mystery here. When you look at the amount of snaps he is asked to play, down in, down out, game in, game out, um, it's fascinating that you know this is a team that does rotate its outside backers, defensive ends, whatever you want to call them. But you know, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith uh, are given lengthy uh, time, series almost, entire series on the sideline, um, and there are certainly. There is certainly a rotation when it comes to the defensive linemen, the defensive tackles, what have you. Um, however, it certainly appears that Kenny Clark is just being utilized way too much. Um, I mean, this last game, he played 49 snaps, and that was more than, I think, almost anybody uh, in the front uh, the entirety of the game. In fact, one of the only games that he didn't play the majority of the snaps up front was uh, the Rams game when he got hurt. And I just think we look at the amount of snaps that are be being given to Devontae Wyatt, um, and then, of course, the rookies in, in Wooden and Brooks. I think it's time we start getting some of these younger guys a few more snaps. Let them give Kenny a little bit of a break, and hopefully that gives him a little bit more juice there later in the second half, fourth quarter, what have you. And maybe he'll be able to you know, find rediscover some of that form that we all know and love. I'm not make, trying to make excuses for him. I I, I do completely recognize that um, the disruption and some of the you know real quick wins in the one-on-one -on -one situations haven't been there of late. No question about it. And some of it, I think, is just down to him needing to play better. But some of it, I do wonder, is the positions he's being put in, how often he's out there, uh, are they running him into the ground? I'd like to see a little bit more of a rotation. And I, I'll... Coming out of the Rams game, I thought that's where we were headed. Uh, I thought Wooden and Brooks both played pretty well in that game. Uh, I thought we were kind of headed towards a little bit more a, a judicious use of Kenny Clark. But uh, I'm not saying that he guys doesn't have to up his game, doesn't have to stop. You know, he has to start making plays, etc. But I think it would be nice to try maybe help him out in that regard because clearly running him into the ground is not getting you returns. And I know. 
This is kind of what we've gone through the entirety of Jerry Montgomery's tenure in Green Bay. He much prefers vets, obviously talented vets, more, even more so uh, over youth and inexperience. It's one of the reasons it took so long for Devontae Wyatt to even see the field last season. Uh, but I think at this point, you're getting diminishing returns with Kenny. And I think you just give him a little bit of a rotation, and I think you'll see a rejuvenated player. That's completely layman sitting on the outside, but that's that's my take on it. Um, I just wanted to put that out there because I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, Kenny's done and all this stuff, and I don't think that's anywhere close to the truth. Um, I think there's still a lot of great football left in Kenny Clark, and I want the Green Bay Packers to unlock it. So that's my hot take for today. I know everyone's probably out there talking about Christian Watson and Jordan Love and what have you, but I'm talking defensive tackles because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We talk football uh, sometimes, and then sometimes we talk Star Wars. How y'all doing? So good to see everybody in the comments section. Mimsy's starting us off. What's up? The beard of misery is filling in nicely. This is no beard of misery, sir. This is just laziness. Trust me, when I've got, you know, a purposeful hair growth, I will let everyone know. Don't forget, I said that, that I was going to grow the beard until they won uh, before the Rams game. And then they won. I just kept growing it because I'm lazy. Cheeto, what's up? Enjoyed your high step. Hope I get to see it again. I hope I get to see AJ's again. Uh, but thank you. Yes, uh, it it's the little things. I said that on Twitter, you know. Look, in a year where you're three and six, staring down the barrel of a losing season, you got to take joy where you can find it, Packers fans. Take it from someone who had to do that every Sunday when he was a kid. Trust me. Uh, I am glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, Soder says, when you go with two defensive tackles, the rookies can get pushed back five yards just as easily as Kenny can. It's a fair point. It's a fair point, Soder. I don't disagree. Joe, what's up? Chargers defense is third in the NFL in sacks, but 31st in passing yards allowed. Thoughts? I think you saw that kind of play out against the Lions, right? Uh, they have not been great uh, defending the pass in general in any aspect. What's interesting, though, is they've got talent on the back end, um, to my eyes. I, I just think they just have not done a great job as far as uh, – some of the rotations, clearly when the pass rush doesn't get home, uh, they are very susceptible, not just to big plays, but plays all over the field. Intermediate, short stuff, uh, they, it's just, if you can block it up, you should be able to move the ball. And I suspect the Packers will find some success there. I don't think they're going to do quite as well as the Lions did, but there'll be some success there. Uh, Dale Norton, how are you? Good evening from London. Good evening from New York City. I hope you're doing well. Uh, good to see you, as always. Nags goes his own way. Patrick? He does indeed. Jeff, what's up? Do you think there's a lack of leadership on this young team? I don't, man, that's a tough one. It, it's always, and I you know, talked about this a lot when Aaron was still in town. I, I don't know what that means. You know, leadership can take many forms. We've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about that plenty over the years, right? Um, but I, you know, without knowing what's going on inside the closed doors in the meeting rooms in the locker room, especially, uh, I don't know. And I know people see stuff on the field. And they translate that to that's leadership or that's a leader. And I think there are aspects to that, like Aaron Jones lifting Devon, um, <laughs> Dontavian Wick's head. That's leadership to me. But I don't think most people would point to that and say that's a, you know, a fiery leader. I think Aaron Jones is a leader, though. 
um, in his own way. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's a lack of leadership. No, I don't think so. I think there's probably leadership that we don't see, leadership that is displayed on the field. Uh, but, I mean, obviously the people to ask are on the team themselves. And anybody, anybody talking about it on the outside looking in, you know, sitting out here outside the building, you don't really know what you're talking about. You're guessing, you're hoping, you're thinking, maybe. But, yeah, that, that was always my thing when people talked about Aaron Rodgers' body language, the body language police, you know. He was such a bad leader or whatever. I don't buy into any of that. I don't know. Because, you know, you see that on your television and go, oh, he looks like he's upset or whatever. But then to a man, everybody who ever plays with Aaron Rodgers outside of maybe three notable exceptions, uh, always talk about what a great leader he was. So, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just feels like internet catnip rather than a real discussion. And that's not to belittle your question, Jeff, because I think it's a legitimate one. I just wish I had more of a, you know, beefed up actual answer for you. But I don't think, again, anybody sitting outside, we're just guessing. Uh, Brett asks, why is this staff so adamant on playing experience even when that player is struggling over making a change to a younger player? Seems to be a theme during Lefleur's tenure. I agree. I agree. But I don't think that's just this staff. I think that's a lot of football coaching in general. Um, it's not something I love, but that's not a new thing. You know, it's not exclusive to Lafleur staff. Um, but yeah, people like be able to count on guys. The staff likes to be able to count on guys. Hard for me to like completely dismiss that. Now, to your point, when a guy's continually struggling or continually consistently having rough patches or bad plays and inconsistent play, yeah, it does get frustrating. And you do wish they'd make a switch at any time, right? But I understand for the most part why they want to stick with the guys that they know that they've been through the fire and have experience. Um, you know, look, you got to remember we're all sitting here judging this and watching it and viewing it as entertainment, right? Like, I know I get it. Like, it doesn't feel very entertaining when you've only won three games and it's November now, right? But it is ultimately for us entertainment. Whereas for them, it is their profession. It is their job, you know? So making quick moves willy-nilly, I understand why it doesn't get done. There's a lot more that goes into it than, oh, we saw a couple bad plays. I'll pull that guy. You know, good programs don't do that. They have a much more methodical way of going about it. For us on the outside, again, viewing it as entertainment, it is very fucking frustrating. But I don't begrudge, you know, professionals going about whatever their, um, what do you call it, process is, you know. That's their gig, man. I let them do it. Eric, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. To go with the topic, I don't think it's just Kenny struggling. Maybe this scheme makes their great players go against their strengths, like Gary pass rush versus run stop D. Think players, not plays for the defensive side, perhaps. Man, from your super chat to Joe Barry's computer, I couldn't agree more. However, we've seen time and again that they are very, not scheme strict, but they are scheme adherent more so than they are malleable. And look, I'll never forget I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, LaFleur was asked the question about, you know, game planning for a specific opponent and how radically he might change his approach. And he, like, point blank said, like, we don't 
radically change anything. Like we have our scheme and yes, we have plays that probably work a little bit better versus certain looks and things like that, but we're not changing our skeleton week to week. And I got to think that change that, you know, it's his program. It's his defensive coordinator. It's the defense he wants to play. I have to suspect that that's the same thought process on the defensive side of the ball. I don't love it. I wish it was more malleable. I do wish they'd be a little bit more players, not plays on both sides, but again, it ain't my program. So, but yes, I think there's something to what you're saying there. Eric. Overpowered. What's up? Nags unrelated to football. You should check out Shorzy if you haven't already. Letter Kenny as well. Shorzy. Overpowered by Funk only because you have the dopest name on the chat. I will check it out. He's <laughs> Soder. Packers are life, not entertainment. Dude, who are you talking to? I'm I mean for most folks who will shut off this chat and go do whatever with their Thursday evening rather than going back and watching 1984 cut-ups of the Packers. You know, like this is the, I'm, you know, I'm riding a line here. There are certainly diehards in the chat, but the predominant folks who enjoy the Green Bay Packers are not them. Bryson, what's up? You think Goot has the stones to tell Matt he has to fire Joe or are they both out the door? The Bears still suck. That's outstanding. Oh, that's so good. Um, uh, well, first of all, Goody can't tell Matt to do anything with his staff. Now, Mark Murphy couldn't make a suggestion. Uh, ultimately, Murphy, you know, to the letter of the law or whatever they've concocted over there at 1265, staff is entirely under Matt's purview. And I know there was the report from Spoon when... Matt got hired that they had strongly suggested, requested that he stick with Mike Pettin. And I don't doubt those conversations happened. But, you know, Matt's much further along into his tenure now. Uh, he's got signed a contract extension, won a ton of games. I got to think he's going to say, like, look, I'm, like this, you told me I have final say on my staff. I think they could talk about it. I have no doubt they'll discuss it. But ultimately, that's Matt's call. Um, and, and that's like talking to Mark, like Brian has zero say over the co coaching staff, zero. Don't ever forget. This is not like back in the day when Ron Wolf like presided over football or Ted Thompson presided over football as the general manager, you know, Brian and Matt are now even reporting to Mark Murphy, different world, very different world. Um, Lou Sassel. Watching since 1991. You've been watching the Packers since 91? Because Cheese at DV ain't existed since 1991. Funnily enough, I feel very old now because I graduated high school in 1991. <laughs> Good to see you, Lou. Go, Pack, go. Uncultured Barbarian, what's up? Unrelated to football or Star Wars, In the Pale Moonlight from DS9 may be the best hour of Star Trek ever. <laughs> hey, man. I can't believe... You know what? You know what? I'm glad you brought up Star Trek because I made my Kobayashi Maru uh, analogy the other day and nobody said a word. I didn't get anything on the chat. I didn't get a word on Twitter. I didn't get anything in my inbox. That is some hyper nerd stuff. Not one nerd appreciated it. Y'all are slipping, man. It's slipping. Michael C., what's up? Off topic. Any Broadway shows you recommend? 
See, I lo- do love how the later in the week we get, the more off-topic questions I get. Um, dude, I got to be honest. I haven't seen a Broadway show in forever, much to my chagrin, because I used to go all the time. Uh, they're so expensive now. So much of Broadway has been taken over by musicals, jukebox musicals in particular. Every once in a while, you get something cool or good. Uh, Into the Woods was just back for a while, which was amazing, you know. Um, Sweeney Todd still going on. I would highly recommend that. You know, as you can tell, anything Sondheim. If you see Sondheim, go see it. Um, back in the day, the greatest thing I've ever seen in this town uh, on Broadway was a revival of Assassins. Another bro- another Sondheim with Neil Patrick Harris as a narrator, and it was unfucking believable. It was incredible. It was at the Roundabout Theater. This is ages ago, but. Um, yeah, man, I used to go a lot, but I just, A, don't have the time and B, most of what's on offer now is just dreck. So, you know, every, again, it's, I'm not, it's not everything, but it's rare. You know, I mean, I saw Hamilton. That was the last time I saw something like probably on the first run that I absolutely adored. But that again was a while ago. Sorry, I can't be more help. Uh, Heron, I'm curious, what does a successful remainder of the season look like at this point? I'm glad you asked that, Chad. You can check out, there's a literally an article on cheeseheadtv.com about that very subject right now. I highly recommend checking it out. I mean, I think everybody's going to have a different opinion on this, but for me, it's just about continuing to develop your quarterback, a number one paramount. I mean, that's the, the ultimately most important thing in 2023, but also yes, his cohesion with the guys around him, the skill position players becoming um, more seasoned, more locked into the scheme, being able to read each other better, all those things. I think that will happen naturally throughout the second half of this year. On defense, it is interesting because you don't really feel certain that Joe Barry will be back for a fourth year. At least I don't. Maybe he will be. I don't know. But, you know, so I don't think it's so much about making sure these young guys get plays in this scheme in particular. But I do think it's important that you get as many young guys snaps as possible. And that's why, you know, going back to the top of the stream, you get twofold. Like, yes, let's give Kenny a little bit of a break, a little bit of a rest, but also let's get Brooks and Wooden more valuable playtime. You know, I, I just think it doesn't have to be drastic, but, you know, we've seen now Carrington Valentine get a number of really, really good reps. Um, Valentine has joined him now as of last week, full game under his belt. Now, who knows what happens to Jair this week, but I, like I said, I'd still be surprised if he's out there. So that's another full game for these guys to play and get NFL experience and learn how NFL kind of receivers work, right? Yeah, there's so much valuable stuff that these guys can learn over the course of these you know, next eight games or so. Uh, certainly, look, if you're just a very casual fan and you're just sitting here going, I just want them to win a few games, well, I tell you, could get rough, but I think just watching this young team get more play time, more experience under the belt, getting ready for 2024, that for me, that's exciting. I love it. Now, I'm a nerd, so maybe uh, don't follow my advice in that regard, but that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, <laughs> Soder. Kobayashi Maru reference made total sense to me. Oh, my God, that makes me a nerd. Yes, yes, it does. Take the kids to the Rockettes, Peter. That's a that's a good uh, that's a good good call. I took I remember Madeline, my oldest, took her to the Rockettes way back in the day. Um, I had a couple of friends who I went to school with um, who were dancers who were who were 
actual rockets. It's good stuff. It's a, it is actually a pretty amazing event. Like anytime you go to Radio City, that whole show is pretty incredible. Although I will never, ever, 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 ever forgive Dolan for making a spring show out of the Rockettes, which they do and they did. And that's the reason that the NFL came up with the idea to take the draft on the road. Because I would give anything to have the NFL draft back at Radio City because that was fucking awesome. <laughs> Mike, remember the Banky Travis Jervy story? Good times. How could I forget? Do I remember it? I lived it. All, all, all time. Uh, is Stokes done in Green Bay? No, Robert. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, he's got one. He's got to miss one more game on injured reserve, and then they could start practicing him. Now that's dependent on his healing and where he is in his recovery. Um, but no, no, not done by a long shot. A lot of ball game left for Eric Stokes. Um. Wonder if Green Bay will draft a quarterback. Woo, baby, getting hot in here. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, they 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 drafted one last year, and he's the backup. Um, barring an injury, I'd be surprised. Now, who knows? It depends on a where they are in the draft. B, uh, what they have value wise, grade wise, on whichever quarterback is available to them when they're on the clock. Um, but I would tend to doubt it. I would be very, very surprised. Metallica versus Megadeth. Who is better? Okay, now it is time to go. Um, it, and that is absolutely Metallica, 100%. All right, everybody, I got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.